Welcome to the Time of Your Life, brought to you by the Seniors Association Kingston Region. This is your program talking about everything under the sun for seniors, from health and lifestyle to entertainment, travel, and much, much more. You're listening to the Time of Your Life on CFRC 101.9 FM. few years, Kingstonians have been hearing warnings about the infestation of black-legged ticks that are dramatically increasing in our area. According to Kingston Frontenac Lennox and Annington Public Health Unit, one in five ticks in the Kingston area carry Lyme disease. In 2014, there were 26 confirmed cases of Lyme disease in the Kingston area and 38 cases in 2013. Nationally, the Public Health Agency of Canada website says there were 682 confirmed cases of Lyme disease in 2013, a number that has steadily risen from 143 cases in 2010. Joan Black, a public health nurse involved with communicable disease prevention and control, is with us today to help us understand how this tick has changed our lives and also with facts on Lyme disease. Welcome to the time of your life, Joan. Thank you. Avril Levine, a popular singer with a younger set from Napanee, Ontario, has disclosed she contacted Lyme disease perhaps in 2014 and was bedridden for five months. Her story gives added focus as to how easy it is to get bitten by a tick. Can you tell us what a tick is? Where they are found? and how they arrived on our back doorstep? So ticks are uh, in a family that's related to spiders. So they, they're an arachnid. They're not an insect. They have, uh, they have three life stages. They're, they hatch from eggs to become larvae, and then they feed, ingest their blood meal, and then molt and become nymphs. Uh, they feed again, and then they become adults. So unlike insects, they have uh, two segments to their body. They don't have antennae. They don't fly. They don't, they don't jump. They're crawlers, not even fast crawlers, um, but they're really efficient at grabbing onto the things with their, front, their set of front legs. And so that's how they um, attach themselves to, to small mammals and larger mammals like humans. Can they live a long time without food? They can live a long time without food. So they only need two to three blood meals in their life. The black-legged tick, which is, is the, the tick that's responsible for carrying the bacteria that cause um, Lyme disease, which is the main uh, tick-borne illness we're concerned with in our area, live on average about two years. So they overwinter well. Uh, they go for long periods of time without feeding. What do you recommend Kingstonians do to protect themselves against ticks? and prevent Lyme disease? So there's a number of things people in our area can, uh, can do to prevent Lyme disease. One of the things is, is just to be aware that we have ticks, uh, established tick populations in our area. Our geographic area does have tick populations and, and whenever you have a tick population, the black-legged tick, the, the people that research this say that within three to five years after tick populations established or carry the bacteria for Lyme disease. So it's something that we need to know that is there. That ticks are, are usually found in sort of moister, humid environments, so uh, leaf debris, small shrubs, wooded areas, 
uh, the adults like tall grass, but we're more at risk from getting Lyme disease or the bacteria that causes Lyme disease from nymphs because we don't see them when they're attached to us as easily because they're smaller, about the size of a poppy seed. So, so one of the things we can do is just know that the ticks are there. Uh, we can we can do things like avoid tip, tick habitat. So if we're going for a walk, which we all want to do, walk uh, on trails and in the woods, sticking to the center of the trail rather than wandering off the trails into the areas, uh, keeping our dogs, for example, when we're walking our dogs with us on the trails, because uh, sometimes they, they bring in uh, ticks in close contact with us. Um, we, can, we can do things like uh, wear insect repellent. So DEET at uh, 20% or higher it can repel ticks. You just want to follow the instructions carefully uh, for when to reapply and what percentage to use. You want to know that you're using a product that says that, that it'll um, deter ticks. You can also uh, wear clothing, like, uh, like closed-toe shoes. In the heat, it's hard to, to think about tucking your pants into, into your socks, but that is a way to prevent ticks from getting, a, getting attached to your skin or crawling onto your skin and then, and then attaching. The other thing that we can do, some people say wear light-colored clothing because then you might see a, a, a tick that's crawling on you. When you've, been, you, when you've been outdoors, if you shower within two hours after you've come in, you, um, for ticks that kind of crawl around for a few hours before they find a site that they might attach to, so unattached ticks can be washed away or seen easily when you're showering or bathing, and then doing a daily tick check if, you, if you've been out of doors. How would you safely remove a tick attached to your skin? Can you use your fingers to pull <clears throat> No, <laughs> and you really want it. There are a million ways to remove a tick that if you look on the internet, there's so many different ways that are suggested. But really, the, the way you want to do it, you don't want to use your bare fingers. You want to use a set of tweezers, fine point if, you can, if you've got them, but you want to grab the tick right close to your skin. So, so the tick attaches the jaw parts um, when, it, when it's feeding. And so if you, if you use the tweezers right close to your skin and grab the tick and just pull with steady pressure straight out, that's the best way to, to remove a tick that's attached to you. Does the health unit still direct the public to bring in their removed ticks? Uh, well, last year we stopped taking in ticks that were that had been attached to humans. We did that for a number of years, and and we sent them all away to be tested to see what kind of tick they were that we were collecting black-legged ticks, and if they were positive for the bacteria that causes Lyme disease. And that's how we found out that one in five ticks were positive for the bacteria that causes Lyme disease in our area. So now we're doing, rather that's passive surveillance, and now we're, we've moved to active surveillance where we're going to sites throughout our area. We actually drag for ticks, and so we catch them, <laughs> and we send them off. We, and again, look at how many are positive, look and see whether we have all the life cycles, which means we have an established population in that area that we're dragging. We're looking to see um, how far north they, we find them, as well as uh, just uh, having them tested to see what diseases that they carry. The bacteria that causes Lyme disease is only one of, of possible tick-borne illnesses, and, and generally, though, that's the one that we find here in our ticks. How do you drag? For ticks, we got a little scotch tape. Or it, well, it, well, it it is pretty uh, low tech. We attach a uh, white sheet of flannel, like diaper flannel, to a pole and attach that to a rope, and we drag the flannel behind us on the ground. 
and then every every three minutes of drag time you take a look at both sides of the flannel and pick off and collect the ticks that have grabbed onto the flannel. Oh, I never would have thought of that. <laughs> you are listening to The Time of Your Life, and I am Marian Evans. Today we are at the offices of the Frontenac, Lennox, and Addington Health Unit in the city of Kingston. I want to thank the health unit for allowing Joan Black, RN, who is involved in communicable diseases and control, to speak with us about ticks and Lyme disease in our area. How would one know they had been bitten by a tick? So what you really want to do is, if you've been outdoors in our area, is do a, a daily tick check. And what you're looking for is a little spot on your skin that wasn't there before. Uh, it kind of, it's dark and it looks a little bit like a small freckle. In the nib stage, ticks are about the size of a poppy seed. In the adult stage, they're a little bigger. They're easier to see. So you're looking for the tick and you want to remove that as soon as possible. But if you haven't seen a tick and you had uh, the development of a rash, a red spreading rash is one of the, the signs that you, you might have been bitten by a tick and have gotten the, the bacteria that causes Lyme disease. So a rash that spreads um, over several days, uh, usually you're looking for one that's five centimeters or greater. Uh, it can, be, can go all the way up to 30 centimeters in size. It's usually painless, it's not pussy, it can be a little bit warm, and it spreads. Uh, and that, that often happens at the site of a tick bite, um, if, if the tick has passed on the bacteria for Lyme disease. So you would look for that. Other symptoms that you might get in the first days and weeks after a tick bite where, where the tick has, has passed on the bacteria for Lyme disease, um, or headache, fever, joint ache, muscle aches, things like that, and you would want to go in and see your health care provider. Well, those are all good points to know. Lyme disease, where did that name come from? It, it actually was first uh, seen in Lyme, Connecticut, where, where there were children who, they were concerned about the rate of arthritis that they were seeing in children. It, the, uh, in the town or the city of Lyme, Connecticut. And so they eventually found out that uh, it was the bacteria that uh, ticks, these black-legged ticks were, were infecting uh, people with. One thing I should go back to just about the expanding red rash, uh, the, about seven or eight out of people who have been given the bacteria that causes Lyme disease will get a rash, that red rash, and sometimes, but not always, but it, it has a clearing. And so that's why you hear the term bullseye rash when, when that are people are to look out for if they've been bit by a tick. How do they treat Lyme disease if you're so unfortunate as to contact? Mm -hmm. So if a, person, if a person is diagnosed with Lyme disease, it's treated with a course of antibiotics. And depending on how long a person has had, has had Lyme disease and what symptoms they're having, guides the physician how they use the antibiotic, how long the antibiotic is given for and what type of, of antibiotic, whether it would be intravenous or oral antibiotic. Another thing in our area, is that if a person, because we know we have 20% um, of ticks that are positive for the bacteria that causes Lyme disease, if a person has uh, finds a tick on themselves and they know that the tick has been there longer than 24 hours, so the tick 
has been feeding for longer than 24 hours. If they remove the tick and it's within 72 hours of, of removal, we recommend that the person go to see their healthcare provider and their healthcare provider can give them one dose of a prophylactic antibiotic, which is a way that we know could prevent them from getting Lyme disease. So if they meet that criteria and they're an adult and over eight years of age, then they could, uh, they could be given that, that dose of antibiotic. If a person is infected with Lyme disease, and they recover, are they able to be reinfected again with another tick bite? Do they acquire an immunity? So a person can be reinfected with Lyme disease. That is something that, that is possible. If a person had, had had Lyme disease for a long period of time, then they'd be less likely to get it again, to be reinfected. But um, you, you, you don't want to have Lyme disease for a long period of time. You want to catch it early. So if you if you, if you catch it early, you're well-treated, you recover, then you could get it again. There has been a vaccination developed for dogs to protect against Lyme disease. Do you know if there's such a vaccination being developed for humans? I know that there are um, researchers that, that are trying to develop a vaccine for Lyme disease, and there was one developed uh, in the past. Benefits didn't outweigh the risks, so they're back at the drawing board. Yes, <laughs> hopefully there'll be one for humans. Do you have any information that you feel you should pass along to our listeners that we have not covered to this point? I, I don't think so. I think it really is that we want to we want to do our best to prevent um, being bitten by ticks in our area, and and if we have uh, been bitten by a tick, to be aware of the signs and symptoms of Lyme disease, uh, so that we can report to a health care provider if we've got any concerns, but also to be aware that in our area that because we have the, the number of ticks carrying the bacteria for Lyme disease, that, that we have that option of getting the prophylactic antibiotic as well. Because for right now, um, the you know controlling ticks is up to us as individuals uh, to try to stop being bitten by ticks and to prevent Lyme disease. Is there a particular website that we can direct the public to access for written information if they can't remember all these tips that right. you've been giving yes. us? <laughs> so the Pub Public Health Agency of Canada is a really good website that gives you lots of information about um, preventing being um, exposed to ticks, tick bites, and the bacteria that causes Lyme disease. Uh, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in the States is also a good spot. Our own local public health uh, uh, website has information on Lyme disease and ticks in our area. Uh, it also We also have uh, information for health care providers uh, on our website as well. In addition to that, there's one site that I came across, and I'd like to mention uh, a New York State site, Be Tick Free. New York State Department of Health also sets out lots of good information. It's just laid out in an easy manner to reference, and we must remember that they've been at it much longer than we have. United States ticks are Ontario ticks now. And there so. are a number of, of government, of uh, state government sites that, that are really good. Um, and one of the ones that uh, Minnesota has a really good site for giving you some ideas for landscaping to protect, sort of provide protection from your own yard for, for preventing ticks. 
Ticks don't really like lawns very much because we keep them short, so they're a little too dry for, for ticks to like. Sometimes, though, people do tell us for sure that they feel like they, they did get their tick uh, that was attached to them in their own yard, and ticks do attach to birds, so it can drop off birds and be in unlikely sites as well. But that I know that um, you know mice are particularly good hosts for small ticks. Uh, we talk about deer as being hosts for ticks as well. So you know in rural properties, just preventing deer from being on your property. But we we really do have a lot of the nice little white-footed mice. So that uh, <laughs> that the ticks really really will happily attach to them. I'd like to thank you very much, Joan, for the time that you've given us uh, this afternoon and to uh, educate us and our listeners ticks and Lyme disease. Hopefully uh, some of this information will be assimilated by our listeners and we might prevent some uh, mishappening. That would be great. Thanks for having me. To aid in your web searching, I am repeating the sites with good information about ticks and Lyme disease. Frontenac, Lennox and Addington Public Health Unit, Public Health Agency of Canada, Be Tick Free, New York State Department of Health, Center for Disease Control and Prevention in the United States and the Minnesota Department of Health. You have been listening to The Time of Your Life, presented by the Seniors Association Kingston Region on CFRC 101.9 FM. For 40 years now, the association has been keeping seniors busy with scores of programs and activities at the Senior Center on Francis Street. If you have any comments, suggestions, or story ideas, or if you'd like to volunteer, contact the Senior Center at 613-548-7810. The Time of Your Life is produced for CFRC 101.9 FM by volunteers on behalf of the Seniors Association Kingston Region. 